Welcome to eHealth Talk, a podcast from Health Informatics New Zealand and hosted by me, editor of eHealth News, Rebecca Macbeth. This podcast provides a regular roundup of news and views from across New Zealand's data and digital health sector. Please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Kia ora and welcome to eHealth Talk NZ. Thanks to MedTech Global for sponsoring this podcast episode, where I'm joined by Managing Director Jeff Sayer. Welcome on the show, Jeff. And can you start by telling our listeners a little about yourself and MedTech Global? Um, hi, Rebecca. It's, I'm Jeff Sayer. I'm the CEO Manager Director of MedTech Global. Uh, my background's actually started out in academic general practice. I've worked in primary care and health IT for just over 20 odd years now. And I've worked in probably some of the big names of primary care, HCN, now known as Medical Director, worked at HealthLink for 10 years. I worked at Tonic, which is pharmacy, for a couple of years. I've now been at MedTech for a couple of years as well. And what MedTech Global does is basically patient practice management systems for primary care. Most of our users are general practice. Most of our business is in New Zealand, although we do have a few hundred sites in Australia using our Evolution product in Australia. And one of the reasons that I acquired MedTech a couple of years ago with Advent Partners was to improve the way general practice was working. And we're really focused on how do we make it easier for practices to be practices and how do we make it easier for doctors to be doctors. So our focus is really about the concept of healthier care and um, how you make general practice more efficient and more effective. Great. And so you've recently released Meteor Pay by Link. Can you tell us about that and what problem you were looking to solve by developing it? Yeah, so obviously every practice is actually a small business and they get their money through capitation, they get their money through co-payments, they get their money through ACC and, and those types of things. And one of the biggest problems that we when we started talking to practices about 12 months ago, we started to realise that it's actually quite hard to get the whole flow of information and reconciliation. So from invoicing, make sure your invoicing is correct, making sure someone can actually pay that invoice, making sure that invoice is recognised as being paid, and then also from the bank side of it, it's been recognised in the bank um, in the practice of bank account effectively, then how do you get that into your accounting package? And what we discovered, and we sort of, and practice was sort of, you know, complaining about this for some time, to be real fair, was a lot of practices can spend one, one day, two days a week sorting out that reconciliation of have people paid the bill, has it turned up in the bank account, has some, how do I check someone, has it paid, how, what does that add up to, oh, no, I've got to do a refund. And it's actually quite an onerous process. And so what we wanted to do was to also look at how do you work in the new models of care. So, we, you know, telehealth has obviously over the last couple of years where people are not turning up. And practice struggled to work out how do I get my money from someone who I've given care to that actually hasn't turned up to the practice. How do I do repeat script requests when I'm going to charge a fee for it, which is reasonable with the person not actually being here? So when we looked at the problems, we decided we really wanted to develop an e-commerce platform, which is really no different in many ways to other sectors in society that we're all used to. But in that primary care space, that hadn't been achieved before. In looking at these problems, it became apparent that we wanted to get that end-to-end automation, closing the loop of is an invoice, someone's 
paid something. Yep, that's been approved to be paid. Yep, it's turned up in my bank account the next day. Yes, I can take that invoice off my debtor list. But the way we have done it is we have managed to achieve that full end-to-end automation because we actually are essentially a financial service provider that can help track that transaction through the various payment gateways and land in the practices bank account and then cross it off. So that happens automatically now versus practices literally sitting there trying to work out who does that $25 belong to? Which invoice is that one? Oh, hang on, I think it's Jeff's, but which invoice of Jeff's is it? And that is incredibly onerous. And when they're doing that, they're not actually freeing up time for other things that are significantly more important. What it also allows practices to do is manage the debt, so outstanding debtors, because it's integrated into the SMS, it's integrated into email, and it's quite easy to send out invoices to people. It's also quite easy for the invoices to appear for the, the, the patient or the payer, and might be paying on behalf of their family, to actually see what the ad invoice is about, and they can actually decide, I owe $30 today. Actually, I can only afford 20 so I'll pay 20 as part payment. Where in the past, that ability, some people wouldn't pay because they might not have, you know, sadly might not have $30. And the, at least this way, the practice is getting a part payment. So a lot of practices are actually quite sensitive to the financial challenges of their, of their community. This allows that to happen a lot easier. And so you can effectively do part payments as opposed to doing no payments and you know, the bill taps up, the bill claps up. So we're really, really conscious of how do you look at those different workflows. And this is purely in response with working with practices for the last 12 months and seeing the things that they were faced with and how do we actually try to address those. You've described this media as a game changer. I was interested to know what you mean by that. Yeah, it's, it's a game changer because it's actually really taking on that problem of, the business side of general practice and, and primary care and specialist practice as well. And by having it fully integrated, you've actually removed humans, essentially removed humans out of the process of the reconciliation. And you've also delivered a way that makes it incredibly easier for businesses to support these two these new models of care. For example, at the moment, most practices, if you do a teleconsult, they'll send you a text message to go into your bank and do electronic fund transfer. Now, I'll give you the tip. Most people don't like doing that because it's quite annoying to create a bill of code and all that sort of stuff. Then to get that recognised back in the system, it rarely does it work so smoothly. So by having a fully integrated, no PMS system in this part of the world is doing it this way because, yes, they have integration of policy systems. Yes, they can do some online payments, but that automatic reconciliation is just not there. So that eliminates a hell of a lot of painful experiences for the practices and the staff who have to do that. It also allows new models of care. So at the moment, when I do a script request, practices say, look, happy to do that, but you need to pay first. It's fair enough you need to pay $15. So then can you send me a copy of the electronic fund transfer that shows me that that has actually happened and then I will then might be able to then issue you a script. <laughs> right. It's very, very different. I can send a link as a practice. Patient pays. It automatically recognises Jeff's paid. 
Beautiful. We can issue that script now. So that happens in minutes as opposed to essentially what used to happen over days. So that is the real notion around it. You talk about teleconsults where people want you to prepay for a teleconsult. Again, reasonable idea. But if you've got to wait three days to confirm that it's been paid as opposed to real time, I've paid it, you're going to get a lot more efficiencies and you're going to get a lot less stuff falling between the cracks. So it is a game changer because it's so integrated that you have eliminated manual processing. Yeah, I was interested to get a bit more detail about exactly how it does work in terms of um, in the practice side and what are the benefits for practices over using another payment system? As you've mentioned, there are other online payment systems. So essentially from the time you create the invoice, that transaction, and then it's pushed into the pay-by-link world. So you might send an SMS or you might send it by email. That transaction now is recognised as linking to that invoice, okay? So unique, essentially a unique, meaningless ID for that invoice, okay? Because we are part of the Payfax system now, or Medtech is part of the Payfax system, we can track what happens with that payment. So that invoice will go to the, the um, consumer, consumer fires up the link, they go into a branded practice, it's, this is Dr. Smith and co, and so they can see what's happening, they can see what the invoice is for, they can see other invoices that they may have racked up as well. They can then choose which invoices they want to pay. When they choose the invoices they want to pay, those are linked back to the invoices so that when the payment is made, it tracks back through our system, ends up um, confirming, yep, person has paid that invoice, so that's ticked off in the PMS immediately, right? If, it's, you know, if someone has a legitimate credit card, for argument's sake, that is legitimately ticked off, the following day, the money actually turns up into the practice of banking account, like normal bank banking transactions sort of work. Then they can reconcile, okay, that is now not just temporarily paid, it's been fully paid, and here's the outstanding balances for that for that patient. Okay, so then at the month or on a daily basis, you can see these twenty five different people pay. This is the money I actually got in my bank account. This is um, the invoices that I've ticked off, and I've done nothing. I've just sitting there enjoying the ride. Now, if you do a manual payment over the counter, which obviously still happens, none of that happens. You get an invoice, yeah, okay, Jeff, your credit card seemed to work. We have to work out what where Jeff's money was tomorrow. Hopefully, it makes sense and I can match it up. And da, da, da. that's all humans. So, that is why it's incredibly different because by triggering that link and triggering that connection and the identity of a payment to a particular invoice automates it. Patient gets a nice receipt of everything they paid for, gets an outstanding balance, it's all branded. They can put other messages in that. You might say, hey, listen, it's flu season, come get a flu shot. So you can actually use it as that sort of e-commerce platform as well. As we see new models of care, requesting scripts without turning up, triaging people before they turn up. You know, Some of those things will have a payment element to it. This allows that to happen. Yeah, interesting. You were talking there about the, the patient side. Be, uh, I'd like to hear a bit more about the benefits to patients of using the service. I know I was just thinking there about previously when I've wanted to make a, 
claim on my insurance and I've had to take a picture of a paper receipt and then sort of email it to myself and then email it off somewhere else. And I was thinking that might make my life a bit easier from there then, yeah. Essentially what Mita does differently is you will get a statement. You're getting a statement of what you owe. You get a statement of when you've paid and what you've paid for, okay? So in terms of for Southern Cross, if you're a Southern Cross member, you could use that straight away and flick that off to Southern Cross without having to worry about your quality of photoing skills. The benefit from a patient is that immediacy from a service, for example. I've spoken about that script sort of example. That for me to get a service, sometimes I've got to pay in advance if I'm doing a quite a procedure or something, I've got to pay some money up front. So you get that immediacy effect. You also get the ability to manage debt. And a lot of practices, which is really, really amazing, that some practices clearly are helping struggling patients with debt. And in this way, they can help construct that part payment system without requiring the person to go for a buy now, pay later type model or literally go borrow money or or whatever, right? So there are a number of practices around this country, which is amazing, that help those who are financially struggling. But in doing that, we want to make it easy for that as well so that we're not, you know, breaking breaking the practice of banks, so to speak. So for us, it allows that flexibility of how, how practices want to deal with patients. And we know practices make decisions based on affordability, personal circumstances, all sorts of things. So from a patient's perspective, the ability to do a part payment is a lot more um, palatable as opposed to, oh, my God, I've got this big bill. I can't pay that big bill. And there's no way for me to part pay it. You know, I want to pay something. I want to do the right thing, but I don't have enough enough money to do that. So this allows that to happen. And this was driven by what the practice were telling us. How do we support patients who may need that type of functionality? And so in that type of world, we would argue that it allows those relationships. It's, you know, pain for health is not always easy for some people. And, you know, people, you know, then the dignity and all that type of stuff that's attached to this, you know, people do need help. But if you think, I actually have no one to pay this, or actually if I turn up, I can't actually pay it. So we we this was a direct response from what practices were telling us. Can you build it in a way that allows to, to support those circumstances without having someone to either not turn up or get themselves into worse debt through other me- mechanisms? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because obviously we've got COVID and other global factors heavily to a steep rise in the cost of living. And um, I imagine healthcare does get pushed to the bottom of the list sometimes when people have got food and heating and rent and everything to pay for. So you've sort of articulated there, but is there, do you think there's going to be a growing demand, I guess, from practices to balance the management of debt whilst giving families access to healthcare as we you know, work through the, the current global situation? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've spoken about how the debt management sort of concept can work for a practice, but I think also what this supports is different models of care. Okay, For some people, taking time off to go visit a general practice is actually costing them money. I forget what they have to pay the practice yet, right? It's actually costing them money, right? They may not be able to work that morning. With some of the new models of care where actually I want to have a consult or I need to get triage or I need to talk to a practitioner or I just need to talk to someone, am I on the right track? I can't afford to take time off work, which is what some of those new models of care are actually about. Yes, I do want to pay for it, but I'm not because I haven't turned up and taken up your your 
still time, it's a cheaper service, right? It's a useful service, but it's actually a cheaper service. So a lot of people for script repeats really don't need to turn up. But if they make a request, the doctor can say, actually, yeah, no, that's fine. Things are going well. We'll, we'll, we'll give you that script. Oh, you paid for it. Great. Here's your script. So you can sort of see that it's supporting lower cost care models, we would argue. And because it's an e-commerce platform, as we know, e-commerce gets rid of costs out of the system. Therefore, you can provide cheaper services. So for us, we see it as supporting new models of care, and we've seen new models of care, and we want to encourage new models of care. But with new models of care, you don't actually get paid for it. <laughs> You're not going to get those new models of care. So for us, that allows that to happen. From the patient's perspective, like yourself, you said yourself, if you lose your receipt, a paper receipt, you can't get your money back from Southern Cross to get the practice to reissue that receipt. It's difficult, annoying. We're all concerned. But in this model, you have your receipts. As long as you don't delete your emails, you can use those receipts whenever you need to. And again, you don't have to scan them in, take up time of the day and do all those sorts of things. So for us, we think it supports those new models of care. We think it supports debt management for practices and, and individuals. And we think it supports that ability for people to pay and make it easier to pay. Because at the moment, a lot of time is chasing people down to clean up debt. A lot of time. A lot of time is sorting who has paid, who hasn't paid. And as soon as you're doing that, something else is not happening. Yeah, I'm sure practices would rather not be spending their time doing that, but delivering care, especially the the smaller practices. When did it? Um, when did it actually go live? Like, how many practices are using it? It went live literally this week. Uh, we are working with a practice in Wellington. Uh, we have a bunch of other practices um, lined up to, to get involved. And we've launched it and we're turning up to the various conference circuits that are going on. We've got online webinars happening, coming up over time. And the key thing that you have to do, because it's actually a financial service, is you've actually got to do anti-money laundering, know your customer stuff, right? Because it is banking. So essentially banking. So it's no different from... If you went to yourself with a credit card or set up a new bank account, you've got to make sure there's no dubious behaviours going on out there, which we're pretty sure there's not. But you have to follow through that sort of anti-money laundering type documentation stuff. To get a practice up and running takes about an hour. Because it's part of evolution, it's natively built into evolution. So all the good benefits of SMSing, email, all that stuff's all familiar with people. Setting up templates for your invoicing and your statements you want to do as a practice or pretty most practices are familiar with using templates and all that sort of stuff. So after about an hour, once you've done your paperwork, um, you can be up and running. So our goal is to probably try to get close to 200 practices up and running over the next 12 months uh, through Evolution. Um, the interest level has been phenomenal, which is good, and it's really resonating. I think it's resonating largely because we've really listened. We've really took practices on the journey with us or how can we make this easier for you? So it's live, transactions are happening, and it'll. we have possibly 100 or practices already who have said, yeah, I would be interested in this. And obviously we've got to work through the processes to get them on board. Mm, exciting times. Yeah, it sounds like you took a real sort of co-design approach with practices. How do you hear what they want? What channels do you have to listen to your customers and feedback? 
Um, there's various channels. <laughs> there are various channels. Obviously, your help desk is a great way to hear, hear what people's challenges are. You've also got to get out. I mean, people ringing you up have a problem, right? There are people who are happy using your product, but they've got great ideas, right? So they're not ringing you up to tell you the kind of problem. So we've actually got out and we've spoken to practices probably better than we have previously. This was a very well-researched program of work and very well um rigor around how we were capturing that information and we've taken practice on the journey with hey here's how it's going to work have we listened to what you're saying we've, we've done that type of stuff and we've spoken to different sorts of practices from small practices medium practices practices part of corporate um, groups and it's always been about is where's the pain what are you doing how do you do this and practices are different we know that very practices are different but all of them are a small business and all of them have to make the money out. And all of them's got to get the money into their bank account. Otherwise they can't they can't keep being a practice. So we did a lot of work. Um, it's probably the biggest investment in my career I've been involved with in terms of innovation in primary care. I've been involved with some interesting things. But it's really, really powerful. And it's possibly the biggest legacy I might be involved with in terms of improving general practice. And it's slightly quite bizarre for myself personally because it's, it's not about clinical stuff. It's actually about how practices manage their money. But it, that is so important and we know that some of these businesses struggle. We know people struggle to pay for these services. So facilitating and improving that process is, is really, really exciting and I'm really pleased with what the team's done. I'm really pleased with the transparency that practice has been talking to us. Yeah, I'd be interested to sort of hear around... You know, like you said, you've not only um, MedTech Global, but other places you've been involved in a lot of interesting projects. But in terms of your vision for MedTech, how does Medior fit within that in the way that sort of digital solutions can help to improve clinician and patient experience of the health system? I bought MedTech because I wanted to change health. That's simple. I've been an academic, published some scientific papers. They didn't seem to do too much. Worked for New South Wales Health Department as a public health officer. Got taught how to handle pandemics about 25 years ago. Didn't think I'd need that. So for me, it's actually about how do you make it easier for care? How do you, and we have a phrase called healthier care. And what that means is we're trying to improve care. And it's not just the care of patients, it's the care of practices, it's the healthiness of people who work in this area, working practices. How do we make that experience healthier? Second concept for us is the concept of freshly satisfying, financially successful. And that's about the practices and, and the people that work there. And the reason is if you're professionally satisfied, you'll turn up to work. And if you're not professionally satisfied, you probably will stop turning up to work at some point. And most people who do health, they actually care and they want to help demonstrate that they're helping people and want to know they're helping people. The second part is financially successful. If I'm actually making some money, I can keep doing this. Because some practices really can struggle to make to make money to keep this going. And it's not like insane profits. It's just how do I keep afloat in that sense? Fundamentally, if you free up time in a consultation or you free up time in a practice, you get a better outcome for patients. All the scientific evidence shows if you can free up a few minutes in a consultation, you get more preventative healthcare happening, you get more people picking up underlying mental health issues. You get more people working out better ways of transferring coordinated care. If three or four minutes of the consult spent on trying to work out paperwork, you miss those opportunities. 
So our goal is to free up time. Now, if practices free up a couple of minutes in a consult and they do 25 consults a day, that's about an hour. Now, if they want to do some more consults in the day, that's their choice. If they want to go home early, I'm happy with that too because most people work very long days. So for us, it's how do you help free up time so that practices can do what they do best, which is serve their community. And that's our vision. It is that simple. Our tools are there to help people do their job and do what they love doing. And so we are in, we would argue, the healthcare business or the general practice business. Yeah, yeah, we've got some software and stuff. But how do we help practices be the best they can be? And that's where we've come from. And that's why we do this. No, I love that, that, yeah, we're sort of talking about essentially a payment system, but it's it's got such a wider impact and, yeah. It's a freeing up time system. Yeah. It's an, it's an e-commerce. It's an e-commerce system. And it's quite bizarre to suggest that general practice is an e-commerce entity, but they are. We're asking them to do teleconsults. We're asking them to do remote stuff. We're asking them to triage people. We're asking them to, you know, don't don't come sit in the practice if you don't need to. Right? But how do you support that? This platform supports that. Mm, so interesting, yeah. We've been having a lot of conversations since COVID about, yeah, it's telehealth is not as simple as sort of switching on a video camera and all the systems that support that. And obviously you need the clinical systems um, and, like you said, you need the administrative systems as well so it's great to see something like this come out so um yeah i'll be really interested to follow how it goes as well jeff so make sure you keep in touch with us on that thanks for joining me today um and if you're interested in finding out more you can visit the medtech global website right until next time thanks for listening to eHealth talk be sure to subscribe and share with your colleagues and friends eHealth Talk, eHealth News and the eHealth TV webinar series are supported by Health Informatics New Zealand. See hins.org.nz for more information and become a member starting at just $17 a month. We also have affordable organisational membership options now for both our industry partners and healthcare providers.